That's amazing. Uh, you know those times where people say things about you and the you they tell you about is better than the real you? You know, like it's one of those times where you go, is that me? That's amazing. Uh, these are not all my notes. Uh, just this year I started, I found I was always taking notes on my phone. And I found that some people thought I was just texting or stuff in, in different places. And so I thought for the benefit of others, I'd start taking notes on a notepad. And it's been amazing. It has changed uh, so many things in my life. Anyway, I'm going to pray really quickly, and then we'll share and, and do some awesome things. Holy Spirit, thank you for this time. Thank you for everything that has been shared and done so far. And God, we just want to see you get glorified this morning. I mean, that's what we came for. And so, Lord, I do just pray that your word would go forth powerfully and make an impact. Amen. Amen. So uh, it was funny. This morning I woke up and I was having my uh, morning coffee in my lounge and my dog was being super lazy on the couch and I was being lazy too and had my coffee and I was thinking about uh, when I first started going to my church, Hope Center, we moved from one building to another and in the process we had all these working bees. And I haven't thought about working bees for ages. I just... But I was thinking about this one working bee we did and the difference that doing work together made in forming a church. And because I must have been 16 at the time, freshly saved, and they're like, hey, come down and help. Let's build a church. And I was like, yeah, I can't build, but I'll be there. And so I came down and they put me with all the really good builders and we were up in the ceiling and they said, walk on the beams, don't walk on anything else. And I was like, yep. And proceeded to put my foot through the ceiling. And I just went straight through. And then they all kind of looked at me like, why are you here? And I was like, I'm building a church. You know, I was like, I'm in there, man. I'm here. I'm, I'm putting my foot through things and sweating and bleeding everywhere. And, and, and to literally go, man, I put my blood and my sweat into building this church. And it was just funny then to hear that there's a working bee. And there's all these opportunities to serve and to be a part of it. Because I literally haven't been thinking about working bees for years. And I was going, I actually was thinking in my lounge, what can I just make up so our youth have to serve somewhere? Because <laughs> I was thinking if I can get them to bleed like I did by putting their things through walls, it'll be awesome. It'll cost us money, but it'll be worth it for investment. Uh, but I do, I love working bees and I love, I will be praying for you. <laughs> Because you're building this church, and I'm building the other one. And God's building his church, and it's amazing. Uh, but maybe we should. Maybe we can. Maybe one time. But anyway, uh, I, love, I do love sport. Sport is my, uh, one of my favorite things in the world. And me and my best friend, uh, we coach a basketball team at Tyler College. And they are some of the uh, wildest, coolest little kids you'll ever find. And they, they um, I, I don't know if you know, but 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds, they don't, I'm 27, but 13-year-olds, they don't uh, so much know a whole bunch. Uh, they, know, they know some things, but they really act like they know a whole bunch. Like they know some, but man, they are confident. You'll be like, have you heard about this? They're like, yeah, definitely all the time. All I think about is politics. Like they just, they're just whatever your topic is, they are with you. And, they, and, and these kids are amazing. And they are some of my favorite and they're totally unchurched. And they just ask you everything. I ask you about anything. And remember, when we coached this team, and this year, we won our grade. And we were so pumped. We, first year coaching, our goal was to win. And we said to these kids, what should be our goal this year? And one of the kids was like, I want to win. And we we're like, that's awesome. 
And then one of the other kids said, if we win, do we get a medal? And I was like, I didn't know. So I just went, yeah, absolutely we get a medal. And then in my head, I was like, man, if we don't get a medal, I'm going to have to buy these kids medals. And I was like, oh, no, it can't be like a really cheap one. So you know, these kids were so excited about this goal, and we did it. And I was thinking about, uh, just thinking about that, because the season's about to start again. And I was thinking, you know, we didn't win that medal uh, on one day at the very end. We didn't win it just because we won the final game. We won that medal because behind the scenes we were practicing. And every single week, Monday evening, me and my friend Roy would, would leave work early and, and we'd head down there and spend time with these kids and we'd work on things. And sometimes it was really like boring stuff. Sometimes we'd just be all right, kids, just run up and down the court. Just run. And they'd be like, I hate this so much. And we'd be like, do you want a medal? And they'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, well, keep running. And they'd be like, oh, I don't want to run anymore. I'm sick of running. I'd be like, do you want a medal? They'd be like, ah, oh, kind of. Don't really know if I want a medal anymore. And then we had this one really encouraging kid, though, who'd never won a medal in his life. He'd never won a trophy. He'd never got a certificate. He'd never got anything like that in his entire life. And he was like, I'm going to get a medal. So he was the one who was like, come on, we're getting a medal because I've never won a medal. Oh, my medal's going to be great. My medal's going to look awesome. And everybody else kind of had to get running because he was the smallest guy in the team. And he was, ah, he was just so passionate about this idea that he was going to win. And so he made it easy to do all these behind the scenes things. And I think as the kingdom of God, as a family, as a church, as different people, God is building his kingdom. And God is doing amazing things. And uh, his kingdom is not one that will ever end. His kingdom is a kingdom of power. His kingdom is a kingdom of love. His kingdom is one that when it starts and he started it, this momentum, it is only growing. That he is going to impact this world and transform this world. You know, Jesus' entire plan was to come one time and to bring salvation. He's back in heaven, and he's coming again. He's coming back. This is the great promise of Christianity, that he didn't just leave us, but he's coming back again. That he is building his kingdom day by day, piece by piece. And as I've entitled the message, he's building this thing brick by brick every single time. And you might be like, that's amazing. That's so cool. Wow, look at that. That's better than the message. Just look at that. That's phenomenal. Wow. You guys are so slick around here with the tech stuff. I don't know who does it, but I was like, wow. Hope Center, we need to change. This is amazing. We need this stuff. We could like, this is front row. Oh, Angie. Props to Angie. Whoa. Anyway, sorry. Back to the thing. Get distracted by beautiful. I'm, I'm a visual person, so I get distracted. <laughs> so I have to get myself focused. But we didn't, and we're running, and God is building his kingdom. God is building an amazing kingdom. But we know this, that God isn't going to do it overnight. That every single day he's building something. Every single service. You might have been to a hundred services. I've heard amazing stories about this church. I've heard phenomenal things. I've heard things about the past. And I was thinking, man, if these walls could tell stories, I bet they would tell amazing stories. Like if these walls could tell the testimonies of the things that have happened in this building, I bet we would be here for a long time just hearing story after story after story. And I was thinking about this in worship going, but when God starts something, He, fin- he keeps going till it's finished. And I don't believe that the story of this church is finished. 
I don't believe that what happened in the past is going to be the high watermark. I believe that's just the floor. I believe that what God wants to do in this place is to go, that was good. Oh, but what is ahead is even greater. Because God's kingdom's always increasing. God's kingdom is always one of advancement. He always has been and it always will be. We're not looking for overnight success, but we are looking for something that lasts. Ah, I want it to last. Man, ah, I want it to last. I, uh, I just, I just, I have to get my phone out to use it for my Bible because I actually left my Bible uh, in the car, which was not ideal. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus, and he's talking to his disciples, and it says this, that Jesus went and he said to them, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say you're John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And I love this because Jesus always turns it on people. And he says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? I love this because in the world today, there's so many people who wanted to find Jesus to us. There's Christians who wanted to find Jesus. There's those who don't know him who wanted to find Jesus. There's people who want to use the good man Jesus for their own advancement and their own things. But Jesus says to them, but who do you say that I am? I don't really care so much about what other people say, but I do care what you say. And Simon Peter, the man, he says this, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Ah, Isn't it great to know that you are in a war, but that you're going to win? Direct war. There is someone every single day, as was so well uh, said before, that every single day is trying to whisper in your ear something that would tear you down. But we're never going to lose. Go through hardships. You have to walk through walls. Sometimes you've got to run laps when you don't want to. And it is hard. And sometimes you've got this coach on the side named Jesus yelling, keep running. Keep running. We're going after something. And you don't want to run anymore because it's tiring and it's been hard and you're facing troubles and trials and tribulations. But Jesus said, oh, take heart because in this world you will have trials and you will have tribulations. But take heart or take courage because I have overcome them. Oh, it gets me excited. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like sometimes I, I just get excited about stuff like Jesus being the victorious one. A few of you are excited with me. That's good. God is building something. God is building a kingdom, and he's building it not on what people say, not on what the he said, she said, not on the outside things, because he doesn't care what anybody outside says about him, but he does care what you say about him. It really matters to Jesus what you individually say about him, and not about what we've said in the past, not about what we've been taught to say, but what do I really believe about God? Because what I really believe about God will come out of my life. So if I believe he's the savior, it's going to look like something. If I believe that he's the healer, it's going to look like something. If I believe that he is passionate about his church, that is going to express itself as something. Oh, and I do believe he's the savior. I do believe he's the healer. I do believe that the best days are still ahead. Because otherwise, why am I here for? God, I'm in 27 i got at least some years ahead to run hard. And so I, I hope that the best days aren't behind me. Because what does that leave for me? Ah, I mean, I married my wife. She's amazing. That was a good day. And we're together. That's amazing. But there's got to be something ahead. There's got to be something we're running for, something we're pursuing. And it's Him. 
more of him. God also said this, that he is building something. But he's crazy because he's, he's like, he said this, he said, I'm building this thing. It's called my church. And then he also said, but I'm also going to shake every single thing that can be shaken. So only the things of me will remain. You know, like if there was an earthquake going on, you wouldn't try and build something. If there was a risk of a lot of them, you wouldn't be building at the same time. But God says, I'm going to do it all at once. He's like, I'm going to shake the entire world and it's going to be crazy. Not maybe not shake, like actually shake it, but he's going to shake things. He's going to, uh, when you go through hard times or you go through good times, but there seems to be an uneasiness or there's a transition in life and he's shaking it. And at the same time, he's building us. Oh, it makes no sense in the natural, but God just doesn't think the same. And you know why he's shaking it? Because he said that he wants to build something so that only his things would remain. So he comes along and he's like, I'm going to shake this thing. And all these things start to fall off. Like my own personal ambition starts to fall off and it becomes all about him. The own, my own like lusts for different desires and different things, they start to fall off. And then it's only a desire for him. The love of money falls off because then you have none and you're like, wow, I don't know. Or you have a lot and you just don't care. You're just like, I'm just going to give this as a resource. And all these things start to fall off and it becomes all about sowing into his kingdom. You know, God will go to war against anything that tries to steal your heart. God will fight anything that tries to take your heart's affection. That's why it's so hard to walk down the middle. That's why it's so hard to be like, I love the Lord and I love the world and I love the Lord and I love the world and I love the Lord and I love the world and I love the Lord and I love the world. That's why it's easier just to either love the world or love the Lord. Either you love the world and then you're like, oh, cool. I'm just here living for myself. No real future. But at least you don't feel bad. Or you just go hard out and say, I'm going to love the Lord with everything. You know, guys, the middle's the worst. Can't get anywhere. God said, I'd rather you are hot or you are cold. We may as well be run so hot that the world goes, what are you passionate for? You know why I'm passionate? Because there's a guy who came and died on a cross so I could have salvation. You know why this matters? Because I could not get to heaven without him. I had no hope for my life. I have uh, some friends who have been, uh, and it's funny, uh, uh, I've, I know amazing people, and I do. I really do know some amazing people. And one of the, my friends, he's about 19 years old, and his life has been crazy and hard and, and just stories of like, oh, man, I would, I'm so glad that that wasn't my background. Like just crazy stories. And you would think that he would remember all the time what he's come through, but sometimes he forgets. And then, and I'm like, hey, bro, can you go talk to this new kid? He's kind of got a similar story to you. And I would think that there would be this grace that would come upon him. Like, yeah, man, I've walked that journey too. I will be patient and walk alongside him. And I was catching up with him a little while ago. And I was talking to him, but hey, so what did you say to that person? He said, man, I just went in there and told him he's an idiot. And I just went in there and I told him, yo, man, you've got to change right now. You need to just turn your life around because Jesus died for you. And I was like, bro. I was like, Did, you know when you were walking through your stuff? You know when you were down the middle and in and out and in and out and in and out and in and out and you love Jesus and you love other things and you love Jesus and you love other things? How did we approach it? He was like, man, we were just, we, you guys just like loved me through it. You guys just like kept talking about grace and how like the past doesn't define you but your future does. 
And I was like, oh, okay. So why did you, <laughs> how did you forget that? How did you then go tell this kid, like, his past is defining him, and that's, his, that's all he's ever going to be? Why did you not, like, find grace? And I was like, because sometimes I think we forget where we've come from. And I think sometimes we forget this beauty of God is building his church brick by brick and piece by piece. And he's not wanting to make you a wall in a day. He's just wanting to add another brick. God isn't wanting to turn you into the perfect home overnight. God transforms us from the inside out. And then he goes through the process of building. Man, when I first got saved, I was 15. Uh, 15, yeah. And I was sitting in a church and a guy said, hey, you. <laughs> and, he, and he said, stand up. Really awesome. He come into church for the first time and you're told to stand up in front of everybody. Stand up. And I said, like, oh. So I stood up because <laughs> I felt, I don't know, I'd always had this thing where just people say, go run that way. I'm like, all right, I'm all right. And so anyway, I stood up and he said to me, your name. Oh, he said, you're going to uh, go forth and speak and to many, many people and you're going to be a leader of leaders in our nation, like a tall tree is what he said to me. And he didn't know this, but my full first name, Taka Maitarangi, means to go forth and speak. And my last name is Cody, which is the largest circumference tree in New Zealand. And he just called me out. He had no idea that he had just prophesied not only uh, an awesome future, but he'd also told me my name. And I got made fun of a lot for my name when I was at school because Tucker rhymes with other things. And so I had got called many things when I was going through school. And so when he came along and said, oh, I'm going to redefine that for you so you can look at it in a different lens, it changed everything for me. And when he came along and he said, your last name isn't just a name, it is a declaration from heaven. It changed everything for me. And I only share that to tell my story, to share that with you, to say you don't know how powerful your voice can be to somebody. And that's because you're a part of the thing that God is building. God isn't looking for perfect people, just available people who will say, God, every day build me. God, throw another brick in today, God, that I may be built up, that I may be strong. God, that I may be your representation to my school, to my workplace, to that family group. God, to that mums and bubs group, that I may be your representation. Because brick by brick, he's building us. Oh, and brick by brick, he's building me and he's building you. And this is the amazing thing about God. He is not... Uh, going to throw away the future for a short-term feeling of goodness. God is so focused on his long-term plan. Imagine being God. He's had this plan for eternity, and he's had to wait. He's been waiting and waiting. He made the garden, and he had this plan that people would come to know him. And now he's been waiting. The Bible says this, that heaven is restraining Jesus from coming because he must be so keen to get back. I imagine Jesus is... This is what the Bible says. I imagine that he is just up there. I want to get back. Those are my people. And I see the pain they are in. And I want to be back there. But the Holy Spirit's like, oh, it's my turn. I'm here right now. And Jesus is probably just so keen to get back because he's like, I've seen it from the start and I see the end. And every single day it gets closer to me coming back so that this brick by brick building will be fully built and fully formed because the master craftsman is on his way. Oh, he is on his way. And I bet he's very excited. You know, when Jesus comes and when we see him, I don't imagine he's going to be solemn and like, There you are. Because the Bible says that I'm the apple of his eye. The wife is the 
I've never called you the apple of my eye. I could. Hi, apple of my eye. That'd be weird, eh? It'd be so weird and strange and so not us if I started calling you like, I know, if you call your wife darling or you call your husband darling, that's awesome. I don't call my wife darling. I'm like, yo, girl, <laughs> you're looking good. And I'm not like, yo, how am I darling? It's amazing. But yeah, but anyway, sorry. Sorry. Uh, my wife is amazing, and I do love her so, so much. And when, uh, even, when, even when I pick her up, when I see her again, I'm not blasé. She's about to go away for like three weeks in March. Oh, what am I going to do for food and stuff? Like, uh, she wants to go away, but, but uh, I'll be in your garden. <laughs> oh, you'll see me out there. Um, but, uh, but I'm excited. I'm like, I, I know that when she's away, I'm going to miss her. And when she comes back, I'm going to be so excited she's back. Imagine Jesus. He is waiting for his bride. And he is going, oh, I'm building her perfectly. And I am so excited. I don't imagine that he's like, hi, good to see you. How's your day? Yeah. Oh, cheers. Oh, you worked again? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, me too. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, tucked into the bed. All right, cool. That's good. I mean, he's very excited. There's this thing in him that he's going, oh, there she goes. Hey, girl, hey, there she is looking fine. Anyway, that's just my thoughts and what I believe that, that Jesus would care about his bride. Ephesians 2, uh, verse 10, it says this, and, and then we'll uh, finish up. For, uh, verse 8, Ephesians 2. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Ah, oh, it's all a gift. That's what, allows, uh, that's what allows us to help our young guys remember what they've walked through, is that this was a gift, man. You didn't earn this. I didn't earn this. This was a gift from God. And it's not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork. We're created by God, made by God, designed by God, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're all instruments called by God. We're all designed. I think it's even on, your, um, even on the fly that we all have a part to play. We have all been given good works to do. We have all been called to be a part of his church, which does amazing things. Here, my wife and I were sitting here talking to each other about all the amazing things you are doing in the community. And it just blew our minds that you could have a church that is just so um, outwardly focused with a real sense of his presence inside. And it was going, this is what it's about. This is an amazing, amazing place where you're going, man, we're going to keep on serving other people and keep on just believing that God is going to be here. Bible says that it's those who refresh others that are refreshed. And that's what I really believe about your church, that you're a refreshing church, that uh, are refreshing other people. We all have a part to play. We all uh, are a part of God building His amazing kingdom on earth. Every single person. Every single person. If you were to look in the mirror this morning, that's the person who God wants to use. When you look in the mirror before you go to bed, you go, dang. That's God's handiwork. <laughs> that's what I do. I mean, <laughs> that's what I do in the morning. Ah, like, oh, there he is. Yo, good morning, handiwork. <laughs> like, there, there he goes. But it's just, and it's not this, not because, again, not because, not because it's taking all the pressure off, right? It's not because we do anything particularly spectacular. It's just because God made you. And when God made you, 
Dang, that changes everything, right? When you know that God created you, that God made you, that He designed me, that He planned me, that He's still building me and He's still building His church, it just changes everything I face because now it's no longer about what is happening to me right now. It's no longer about the present shaking. It's no longer about what anybody else is saying about me or saying about my God. It's all about what He is saying and what I'm saying back to Him because when He speaks His words of life over me, by making me stand up at the back of a church and saying, you are called to lead people and you're called to speak. His words shape me. And then he says, okay, now speaker and leader, who do you say that I am? And I want to be like Peter and say, oh, oh, you aren't just a good man. You're not just an average man. You're not just a story from history. You are the revealed Christ. You're the one who can take any person's sin, no matter how good they've been, no matter how bad they've been. You can take them, transform them, and then use them to do amazing things. I want to finish with one more thing. And it's the most important thing from, uh, well, it's one of the most important things from this passage. And it's just that simple question again of Jesus saying, who am I to you? Who am I to you? Not to others again, and to repeat what I've said, not who I was in the past, not who you think I'll maybe be to you one day in the future, but right now in this moment, who am I to you? Uh, Again, I, I woke up this morning and I was just thinking about this message and I have this little thing with God where before I speak or do anything, I ask him, God, what do you think? Like, what are you thinking about right now? Like, what do you th- how do you think this is going to go? And to my surprise, I used to ask him after I spoke. And I'd ask him, God, how do you think? Because I, I said to him, all right, God, you critique my preaching because I want to be the best I can be. And you're the one who sees my end result. So you critique me every time and tell me where I can improve on. And I'll tell you what, he does it. When you ask him, he does it. He'd be like, man, you shouldn't have told that joke. And I was like, really? You care about things like that? And I said, yeah, because I want to use you as a mouthpiece. But anyway, uh, but uh, I, I used to ask him bef- afterwards, how did I do? And he, here's what he would always say to me. He'd always say, I'm so proud of you. Every time, every single time, his first response before he said anything else was, I am proud of you. And at first I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. Let's move on. How do you feel I did? And he'd be like, I'm really, really proud of you. And I'd be like, yeah, that, I don't care about that right now. I know you're proud of me, but what do you think about the thing? And he'd be like, I'm so proud of you. And it took me a while to realize that God was trying to get through to me that no matter how you perform, no matter how well you do, if you do good or you do bad, to me, it does not matter. I'm always proud of you because I love you with an everlasting love. So I've started to cheat and I just ask him before I go up now. I mean, God, how do you feel I'm going to do this? I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, yo, okay, here we go. Because when you know he's proud of you, you act differently. That's what happened. That's why my preaching changed because I just started asking him beforehand. And then it doesn't matter what the he said, she said. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks because you know what he thinks. And this is the same thing I think all of us can walk in is the sense and, and purpose that God is building me brick by brick. And if he's the one building me and he's the one proud of me, I've just got to stay focused on that. And every other thing will fall into place if I can keep my eyes fixed on who he is. So to me, he is the one who is always proud of me. He's the one who loves me everlasting. He's the one who picked me when I couldn't even pick him yet. And today, he's my very best friend. And I think of him in very glowing terms. And I like him a lot, and you should like him too. But who is he to you? 
today, in this moment, in this time, sitting in this room, that these walls have seen many miracles, and they're going to see many, many more miracles because the greater miracles are ahead of us. But who is he to you? I just want to pray for you. I'm going to hand back to Jesse, and uh, I'm going to pray into that thing for you because I, 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 I just, uh, and not to prophesy, but just to, just to, uh, I really think that God is going to drop into somebody's heart or somebody's mind today uh, something about who he is that's actually going to, for the rest of this day and hopefully this week, that it would be like a, um, like he was just dropping in like a, a switch in, into people, that it would be like you'd wake up and you'd think of that this is what he thinks about me and this is who he is to me. And so for the rest of this week, like every day you would approach it differently because you're coming from a place of rest and from a place of going, he just loves me. And when he loves me, I can do amazing things. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for this amazing church. I thank you for the things that have been in the past. But I thank you, God, that they, even those things, God, they were just the foundation of bricks, that you were just building those things. And they are not the building yet, God. They were, these were just amazing things. And there's testimonies and there's stories and there's prophecy still sitting even in the very foundation of this building, God. And I thank you that the better days are ahead, that there are more things coming. God, I even thank you that even in the next couple of weeks, I know there's a big shift coming, but God, I thank you that even in the shift that there's going to be a grace coming. God, there's like a supernatural grace coming where things that people have been praying for and asking for for years are going to begin to happen more and more and more. And where people have had to toil and it's almost been like they're toiling in vain. God, I just thank you that the shift is coming, that it's going to be even easier. God, that they're going to reap where they have not sown, that they're going to see things, God, where they haven't even been asking for them. You're going to do so many great and amazing things in this church, in this place. And God, on top of that, we just pray for every every single person in this room, God, that they would know you more, that they would know you clearer. And brick by brick, God, they would walk in confidence knowing that you are building them and you're building your church. In Jesus' name, amen.